Hey, everyone. I wanted to start off by saying thank you for the support on the podcast. Keep the reviews coming. Uh, We definitely want to hear your feedback on the podcast and what you'd like to hear more of. Uh, Also, continue to share. We really, truly appreciate your support. Um, Today's podcast, I'm interviewing an acquaintance of mine from 20-some years ago uh, when I was spending some time at the University of Gainesville, uh, University of Florida, uh, in Gainesville, Florida. Um, And I had the opportunity to meet uh, Heather Mitz at the time. And later on, I saw uh, her grow to stardom. Uh, She's one of only four uh, women to... Uh, be a three-time Olympic gold medalist in soccer. Um, and she's just really made a lot of waves on also giving back and turning that into kind of a gold medal mentality on coaching others to do the same, uh, as well as her commitment to you know fitness and health. Um, and now she is the awesome mother of three and uh, entering a new stage in her life and applying the same principles that she learned through athletics and through excelling at a super high level and about overcoming to become. So I can't wait for you all to hear more from Heather. Check her out on her Instagram. Um, follow her. Uh, she's truly amazing. So check it out. So you had a journey, um, you know, soccer. Whenever I knew you or met you, I don't know if you're a sophomore or going into your junior year, but I know that you weren't an Olympian yet. Right. So maybe if you could rewind, kind of share with everyone, you know, where where did your journey begin? Like, where did your passion for soccer begin? You know, then you're at the University of Florida. And then, you know, how did the Olympics come to come to be? Because I think that was I think when you won the gold medal, that was kind of the beginning of the spark of what I would consider like our dominance in soccer, the women, the, there was a, just a ton of energy around women's soccer from that point forward. So if you don't yeah. mind kind of taking us through that little journey. Well, it starts back in like, um, my childhood, you know, I, obviously my dad was, he, he played a uh, freshman team at university of Kentucky basketball, obviously was very athletic. Um, my mom was as well. And that always was something that we took part in with my parents and loved it. And my parents were super supportive of our journey. And, um, you know, I, I went away to university of Florida. I'm from Cincinnati, um, for multiple reasons. I think that was the best choice for me. Um, I, my parents divorced, I kind of gravitated towards a really rebellious, rebellious group of kids that weren't the best influence. Um, and I think going away was probably the best choice I could have made. Um, university of Florida, was the only school that did not offer me um, a starting job and uh, a full ride. And my parents wanted to kill me, but I just really liked everything that the school had to offer. And my dad was a surgeon. Um, He did not care as much about the athletics. He wanted me to focus on the academics. And so he said, you know, out of all the schools that you're looking at, which, which would you want to go to if you weren't playing soccer? And I felt like that was such an important decision to make. Um, For me, we just kind of lucked out with the aspect that we did end up being very good at soccer also. And I loved it. And I thought I would only play four years and um, I wanted to be the best that I could possibly be. So a lot of times in the spring when you have this option, I I know it's not like that anymore, but um, to train as much as you want. I literally trained every single day with my assistant coach. And so 
I just kind of felt like I had four years and I wanted to become as good as I could in college. And we ended up winning the national championship my junior year, which led to me getting invited in with the the youth national team. And I just thought, you know, when I graduated um, from college, that that was going to be it. And I was really sad about that because I loved it and I wanted to continue playing. And um, I continued to train because I heard that there was like this rumor of um, the first ever women's pro league. And I ended up going out to, I was invited out with the under 21 national team. And I was able to attend the 1999 women's world cup, um, the final game. And it was that moment that I decided that I wanted to play on the U S women's national team. Like that's what I wanted to do. And then after that game, there was still no league, you know, they won, um, the women's world cup and there was no league for me and I was done playing college soccer, but I, I continued to train. And, um, luckily the first ever women's pro league would begin. So I went from basically watching all these women play a year earlier, uh, to then playing alongside them and playing with many of them. And four years later, I would be standing up on my first podium, winning my first Olympic gold medal. Um, so it was pretty cool just to kind of like how everything turned out. Um, but I had my dream and I was working my, my butt off to, to try to be the best I could possibly be. I never thought that I would ever play on the U S women's national team, but it just kind of, you know, I lucked out. That's it. Well, I mean, you didn't luck out, but it was, it was, uh, you have to have a little bit of luck, right? A but little you, bit of luck. But you created the luck. I mean, you set the intention and, and made it happen. What was it like? Um, kind of share with everyone what it was like to win the gold medal. And then, you know, how did you accumulate uh, three gold mm-hmm. medals in that process? And, and how was it different each time? Yeah, uh, I love that last question because they all were so different. Um, you know, I think the first one was just kind of like, oh, my gosh, I'm at the Olympics and next thing you know, I'm like, oh my God, I'm standing up on a podium winning my, my first, like, it's so surreal. Um, I didn't play as much in that first Olympics. So then my next goal was like, I want to play in the next one and I want to really contribute. And then I ended up tearing my ACL, uh, the year before. And so I didn't really think that I was going to make that team, but I just kind of, once again, set my intention on, on doing everything that I could to get back in time, to give myself an opportunity. And it just so happened that the coach of that team was also the coach of my previous um, women's league team. And so she knew I was, I was capable of, and it was really neat because she came up to me right after I torn my ACL and she said, um, Brazil in the finals of the Olympics, I need you in order to win. And so I kind of knew that she was going to be patient with my journey. And so I was able, even though I had some setbacks, I knew that she had my back and that she really wanted me there. So I think that gave me confidence to continue to push myself. And so when we, um, in that final, that 2008 Olympics, um, we did end up playing Brazil in the finals. We went to overtime and we ended up winning. Um, and so afterwards it was pretty cool. Cause you know, we were having a drink afterwards and we just were like clinking our glasses and like laughing because she predicted that and it like came true, you know? So it was just, I don't know, for that reason, it was pretty neat to be able to come back from a major injury, um, and to be able to do that. 
And then my last one, like I knew it was my last, um, I knew is my last hurrah. And I just, you know, to be able to walk out on top of the game and to say that you did that, played a sport that you love for as many years as you did and to be able to travel the world and, you know, have these amazing teammates that you would do anything for. And, you know, to represent your country is just like, so cool. Yeah, no, I mean, it's uh, one of the things I was going to ask you, because I think a lot of times, you know, for people listening in or people listening to your story, I think everyone, sometimes they get a perception that everything is easy for some people, you know, and um, especially in today in social media or <laughs> someone winning the Olympics. And so I love that you, you brought the setback in place. And one of the things that I would ask you is, because uh, I kind of heard it when you just said that you had a major setback. You tore your ACL one year before the next year of, of making the team or the, the next Olympics. Um, but I've always said this, people believe in those or people have faith in those that have faith in other people. Mm-hmm. Right. And you said uh, one of the things that kept you going or gave you confidence was someone else saw greatness in you and believed in you. Right. Um, you know, what would you share with people that, you know, they might not be going through a setback in sports, but maybe it's life or maybe it's mm-hmm. business, you know, because I always say this, that everyone has a fight. Everyone's fighting. Um, everyone has their own personal fights that they're fighting. We might not see it on a day in and day out basis, but I know everyone is having struggles and setbacks, especially like in today's world. Right. I mean, right now we're kind of in this time of uncertainty, mm-hmm. but what would you encourage them to do and, and, you know, how to get through? Yeah, I think it, comes down to goal setting. Goal setting is huge. And I think, you know, you need personal goals and you need, um, you know, business goals and um, all different ones. And you need to continue to, to set those really high um, to where they almost seem like unattainable and somewhat scary. But then you have smaller little attainable goals underneath those that allow you to get closer to the ultimate goal. And if you reach that ultimate goal, then you got to then change it. And you got to make it something that's, that's even what seems more impossible to attain. Um, so then that way you always have something to work towards. And I think that's really important throughout life. Um, and I think also the other thing is, and I even talk about this in my gold medal mindset is finding a great coach or a mentor or taking classes that continue to help you to learn tools or to have someone to believe in you or teach you a new skill so you can continue to um, move forward and grow in life. Right. And that's, I mean, that's something athletics always gives us, right? They give us a built-in peer group, a built-in coach, um, you know, that sometimes we might take for granted. You are obviously involved in sports, but then you get to the level you're at now where you're speaking, you're giving back. Um, cause that's part of who you are, but it, it kind of becomes ingrained in you. And I, I would, I think peer group is one of the most important things to, to surround yourself with. Um, you know, and today I've always said that if you can't find a peer group, um, they're all over the internet. Like you can mm-hmm. find a mentor, you can find a coach, uh, find someone that resonates with you. That's, that's making things happen or that inspires you, not because of what they've accomplished, but because of what they're going through, like their transparency. And that's, at least that's what always inspires me. It's, it's, it's the underdog story or the underdog advantage that always like makes my, the back of the, my hair stand up. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. I mean, they say it's like find your tribe, you know, and I feel like I'm still trying to do that. I always had a built in tribe when I was playing sports, you know, and 
doesn't mean that you have to be like the best of friends, but you still have people that you have common goals. You have like, you know, the same work ethic, you know what it takes in order to push someone um, and support others, you know? And I think that's the amazing thing about sports. And you're right. A lot of times that does translate to the business world. Um, But I think even when you become a mom, you know, you still need to find or a dad, you need to find like that support group um, that understands what you're going through because then you're being challenged by your children, you know, and your kids are going through all these things. And it's like, just trying to figure out like, Oh, I've been through that too. This is what I did. And, you know, it's having people to, to, to bounce ideas off one another and, you know, be like, I've been through it too. And it was awful. Like you're not the only ones, like everybody goes through those things in life and you're going to be okay. Yeah. No, I mean, listen, I had one of those days yesterday. <laughs> so, um, I was going to say meditation has been like my saving grace through, I started doing it during quarantine because it's just a lot. It's a lot that's going on in the world right now. And it's just like, sometimes like when you're a parent and you're like on lockdown and just like all these things that are completely out of your control, I feel like the one thing that has really, I've started this brand new um, routine of writing in my gratitude journal, like first thing in the morning, just to kind of be like, this is how I want to start my day on a positive note, thinking the things that I'm, I'm fortunate for certain things, you know, and what those are. And then the meditation, I feel like I've started at three minutes and I work my way up to 15 and I can tell the days that I don't do it. Like, it's like completely and totally transformed my life in the best way possible and made me so much more patient and a better mom. Like it's crazy. That's awesome. Um, I have to ask you how you got started with meditation, right? There's so many, like whether it was an app or whether it was, I'm, I'm still working on that muscle. I mean, my brain, it's just very tough. Like I always say that I do kind of walking meditations where, but just to be still and to mm-hmm. meditate. I've tried float tanks. I don't know if you've ever tried a float tank or not. Yeah. I haven't. And um, at last, you know, you get them for about, you know what I'm talking about though? Yeah. So it's a big salt tank. You get in it and you just float, right? It's about two feet of water. And I can last about 10 or 15 minutes in there. Oh, that's good. I think that would be amazing. Yeah. So it's it's a start, but what, what did you do to, to get started meditating? So I read a book and it talked about all the benefits of meditation. And I was like, oh my God, why am I not doing this? Like I've heard how amazing it is, but it's like, it's really hard to get started. And in the book, it said to do three minutes. That's it. Three minutes a day for two weeks. And if you can't do it straight for two weeks, then you start over. And that first two weeks was really tough because I did like almost like a night and you're like, how can I not find three minutes in a day just to like sit? Right. Why is that so hard? But for some odd reason, it's funny, the excuses that you make up in your head because you're not making it a priority. Right. Um, But once I made it a priority because I knew the benefits of it, I was like, I need to make this part of my day. Um, then I started to see like how it really does affect me and how it really does calm me and make me more patient. And like, I feel like I'm like a Jedi now with, with my son, you know, (laughs) when my son, my, my son's coming at me, you know, and a lot of times, like in the past I would react to it. And now I just kind of sit there and I'm so patient and it just, I don't know, it just allows me to kind of like let him do his thing. And then, you know, if I don't give him a reaction, then he's not getting what he wants. 
So we can, we can deal, we can deal with things better. You know, I mean, that's, that's what it is really. So it's been great. That's awesome. Um, So the gold medal mindset is kind of your own formula for success. And I'm, I'm assuming that when you speak, you talk a little bit about the gold medal mindset. Yeah. So share with me just a little bit, a little piece of it. Yeah. It's interesting because I think when people hear me speak, they're not expecting for me to go into what I do. Um, you know, I think it, I look back on my career and I, it even starts in childhood. And I think about, um, you know, when I look at me, I'm, I'm one of four players in us soccer history to win three Olympic gold medals. And when I look at myself, it's not like I'm the most talented, right? It's not like, um, I'm the tallest. I'm like not the most physical. So it's like, what, what was what it? What position the, did you play, by the way? I remember I was you were fighting. Defense. I was, yeah, I was you what? Were feisty. You were I was feisty. Like, yeah, for sure. I mean, you were just feisty in general. Yeah, I, I yeah, so. pretty much. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> changed a lot since college. I will say that. But um, yeah, I think that that feistiness helped me on the soccer field. But I also think it really just came down to mindset more than anything. And so it starts with like giving yourself permission to dream of a positive outcome. Uh, Then it's about owning your identity. And I think that's a big one because you have to figure out really who you are. Um, Learning what you can control. A lot of things are completely out of our control and that's not even worth our attention or our stress or or, or any of those things. So figuring out what you can control and then also um, just not stopping until you have success and that you're a successful person. So those are all the things that really kind of had helped me not only from a young age, but through my playing career and actually now as a mom. You talked about own your identity, like learning who you are. And that's something like I'm super passionate about because I think that especially with social media today, um, like your identity is one of those powerful tools that you have uh, to create your future, right? It's like how you think of yourself and your imagination is a tool as well to create your future. But I think so many people, um, they're more worried about either fitting in or they're more worried about what society puts pressure on us to be or to do. Um, I've always said that, you know, it's the old adage, know thyself and be thyself, but most people never take time to know, know themselves, right? I know for me in my twenties, even early thirties, I was like chasing money, chasing what I thought was important and not, I'm the same person. It's just almost kind of like rewired to like truly understand what, what it is that moves me or touches me, but talk a little bit about owning your identity. Like I, I just love to hear what your perspective is on that. Cause you just made a comment to me. So I'm a lot different than I was in college. Yeah, totally. I mean, you're the same person, you're the same values. You just might understand yourself a little bit more, but I'd love to know what did you do to own your identity? Um, well, I think it, it's about sitting down and really trying to figure out who you are and who you want to be. And I think that's probably the biggest thing that I put off for like the longest time after I was done playing, because I was just like, gosh, I was an athlete for so long. And then I lost that, that part of my life. And so then it's like, well, who are you, who are you without sports? And here's your opportunity to figure out who you want to be like moving forward, like who you want to be remembered as more than anything, you know, 
And I think, you know, your childhood, like it definitely makes you um, a lot of who you are later in life, but that doesn't mean that's like who you are. Right. And I'm sure there's things that have happened in the past that you're completely and totally embarrassed of, but at the same time, you learn from those experiences and they, they make you who you are, but also you make sure not to make those same mistakes twice. And, you know, I think for me now it's like, what's your priority? Like, who are you? Who do you want to be? Who do you want to be remembered as? And, um, don't forget who you were, but become the best version of yourself. And so that's what I'm continuing to work on every single day is, is being that best version of myself. Oh, that's awesome. And um, a lot of times in athletics, people do lose their, like they go from this high level performance and high level of focus and playing for something, right? Whether it's a gold medal and you have to be the best version of yourself to be even to make the team. Then once you make the team, you're contributing to something greater than yourself. It's not even just about you. You're contributing to something greater than yourself, which has a level of fulfillment built into it. And I've seen so many of my friends that, even like played at UK, right? And they could never leave that circle. And then right. afterwards, they could never transition the same fundamentals that it took to, to play at that level. You know, they could never transition it to life or business. Right. And they became very depressed, like. Yeah, crazy. and I, I think the big part with that is, is A, I don't think that athletes are really given the right tools to be able to um, transition from playing to what's next, right? They're just kind of like on their own, like figure it out. You either, you either sink or swim. Um, but I also think it, you're going to have failure. And I think failure is, is great for all of us because we learn so much about who we are and the areas that we need to become better at. And, but I also feel like if you're passionate about something, then you're going to have success, right? As long as you continue to have passion and you continue to follow your dreams and you have the same work ethic and dedication that you did when you were playing, you will have success in your next venture. You might have failure along the way and that's going to be a bump in the road and it's hard, but we forget that as athletes, we had failure too. Like That's what I was going to say. The number one key there is people, when they transition, they forget to realize that they're becoming successful because of the failures, because yeah. of the setbacks, because of yeah. the plateaus, because of the hours and the hours and the hours of work and practice and dedication. They, you know, because like, think about when you were achieving your level of success, if you're, think about the year that you were the most powerful version of Heather Mitz, the soccer player, mm-hmm. right? Like it's hard sometimes because everything came I don't want to say effortless, but sometimes you forget the first day you learn to dribble, juggle right. the ball or right. fundamentals. And then you get into business and you think that, yeah. It's like, like, it's, like it's turnkey. Because I think the problem is, is that we see people that go from playing to their next venture and it somewhat seems really easy. Like some people do have more success than others, Right. But yeah, again, well, especially today, a lot of them get paid for their influence immediately, right? Like right. if you're a star athlete, but if you, if you bring it, yeah, they get, cause influence is so anyway, I, that's a whole another rabbit hole, but go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. No, I mean, I, I agree with you. So they, it's not a lot of times just because of them. It's because they have an amazing support group around them. They have people that are like, you know, 
um, a team. They have a team to help them to, to, to get there. So um, I think it, uh, and all athletes see that and they think, oh, well, that's going to be me also. And then they find out that it's not. So then a lot of times they're like, well, I don't want to get out of my comfort zone. I don't want to leave, um, you know, Kentucky, or I don't want to leave like, you know, this place where I have like this bubble of support and people are going to idolize me and remember me as I was as an athlete, you know, 20 years ago. So, um, and for some people, that's great. If that's what works for you, like by all means, like own it. Um, but I think there's a lot of people out there that have more to offer and they just got to figure out exactly what that is. And they got to follow their passion and be ready to have bumps along the way. Yep. And that's the number one expectation. I think if someone's listening to this is that if you're going to be the best version of yourself, like Heather was saying, is then you have to expect conflict. You have to expect bumps in the road. You have to expect trials and tribulations. And I've always said that the trials and tribulations make up the melody of our life. Uh, if we embrace it, um, don't, you know, shy away from it. Right. And as that's why I love athletics and the foundation of athletics is you embrace, you know, the hard workouts, you embrace those things because we've been built when we were younger, that that's how we get better. That's how we get, you know, more successful. That's how we become a better athlete. And but for some reason that doesn't, you know, for those people that don't have the foundation of athletics or even the like personal development that I think comes along parallels, I think it's important that I, I'll never forget this. In 1997, um, I spoke in front of a small group and I was just kind of going through the motions, you know, as you've been around a lot of great coaches, right? So in sports, I would say it's almost like a personal development journey in itself, especially if you've been playing sports since you were a teenager all the way up into your 20s. And um, so I would get up and I would speak, but I would almost speak like a coach in a locker room, right? And um, I, I remember I was probably 27 at that time, 26, 27. It was right around the time I was in Florida in Gainesville. But I had this girl come up to me and said, I just want to thank you. I've never had anyone speak to me like that. Mm-hmm. And um and I was kind of listening, like, I, honestly, I was really thinking about like going out that night, right? Like, so she's coming up to me afterwards and I'm like doing the right thing, but I'm sitting here going and she, I don't know what hit me. She sat there and she said, you know, my dad used to always tell me I'd be a gorgeous like my mom and my mom was a raging alcoholic and she would come in and beat me some nights, you know, and I just remember this weight that I felt when she was explaining that to me. And I just thought to myself, you arrogant prick, like, you know, we've been given a gift, mm-hmm. you know, a foundation that we're the exceptions to the rule. You grew up with a foundation and family that, number one, loved you, cared about you, uh, inspired you, you know, supported you. But that's the exception to the rule. You know, most people don't have that level of foundation. And that was kind of what I always call my defining moment of shifting from, okay, there's something bigger, like, accept the responsibility of, of what we've been able to have, but as a gift to give back to other people, if that makes sense. Yeah. And uh, I think it's really cool just hearing that you're out there uh, giving back and, and, and through giving back, you've probably learned a lot about yourself. I don't know if you like me, like every time I speak, I'm learning. <laughs> One of the ways that I learn is through that, right. It's giving me intra perspective, but uh, kind of share with everyone. I know that you have a training and coaching business. I think it's called something training legends. Is that right? Train like legends. Yeah. So share with us a little bit about that, where people can, if they want to connect with you and follow you, how they can, how they can follow Heather Mitz. Sure. Um, 
So I'm, gosh, I'm trying to think. I'm H Mitz too on Instagram, Heather Mitz on Twitter, Heather Mitz on LinkedIn, and Heather Mitz fan page on um, Facebook. But uh, Train Like Legends, it's um, basically, I saw firsthand how much strength and conditioning really helped me. I'm only 5'4" like 120 pounds. I'm definitely, I've always been one of the smallest, um, athletes on any of the teams that I've ever played, uh, you know, on. And as you mentioned, I know I'm feisty that it, that helps too, but, um, you know, I do think that the, the lifting weights and loving the gym and, um, conditioning, I think is definitely something that I always took pride in. Um, I always wanted to be the fittest player on the, on the soccer field. And, um, no question about it. Like I never got, I never got tired in the games. Um, I could just run and run and run all day long, but that took a lot of practice, right. And, um, mentality to get to that point. And I just would love to now share with the younger generation, um, those, those keys that helped me to have success. You know, if you want to play at a high level, this is, this is what it takes. And here, here it is in this program that I want to, I want to share with you to help you to get ahead. So is it mostly all online training? Yeah. So it's a full-on program that we send. Um, there's this app that we've um, partnered up with. It's called um, True Coach. And so every week we send the the workout for the week, um, some days in the gym, some days on the field or treadmill or whatever um, type so of cardio. So is it actually you training and they're seeing you train or they train? No. So I, um, I demo all of the exercises. So, um, if you ever have a question and you don't know what it is, you can just go watch the little video that I have, um, filmed and then we have feedback. So every single day, if you have a question or anything, you will get feedback from, um, the coach, which is, uh, I've partnered up with the, um, strength and conditioning coach. Um, his name's Alex DeGordy. And so he's actually the one that will give you the feedback. Um, so it's his program, but it's, I've tested it out and I feel like this is what it takes in order to really, um, get ahead on the soccer field. Uh, the conditioning's kind of my baby, you know, I, I love running, I love being fit. And so I've been able to come up with a conditioning program to really help the players like off the field uh, out of the, out of the gym, um, so that they can be as fit as they can possibly be. Awesome. And so is this for anyone or is it mostly for athletes? Uh, definitely. I mean, I feel like anybody could benefit from it, but it's, it's definitely soccer specific. You know, we, um, focus a lot on single leg movements, lateral movements, um, strength and conditioning and, um, fast footwork and plyos and all those type of things that are kind of just going to help you to become a better soccer player. Awesome. Um, all right. Well, so we'll make sure that we check that out for sure. And then I know that, uh, you have a, um, a Ted talk, the gold medal mindset that if people want more on what she just kind of told you about in terms of giving yourself permission to achieve your goals and own your own identity and, and, um, learn to control what you can control. Don't worry about the other stuff. Uh, you can go check out, uh, if you just Google, uh, gold medal mindset, uh, I think it, the Ted talk comes up. So my Ted talk is actually, um, specifically about my ACL injury and then the recovery to get back on the field, um, to come back for the Olympics. But I, you know, that injury was such a 
huge injury. The timing was, you know, I think for any athlete, it's always going to be awful, but, um, I wanted to share the kind of the, not only the mindset, but also the decisions that I made from personal standpoint, as far as the things that were going to help me to get back on the field as, as quick as possible. Um, ACL injuries are so prevalent in any sport, but, um, you know, I kind of wanted to share those tips that were going to help somebody just to kind of go through the journey, the decisions that needed to be made and maybe some inspiration to help them get back on the field. That's awesome. I mean, cause mentally, I mean, the mental blow of that probably was as significant as the physical blow I would imagine. Yeah, it was the worst timing. And, you know, I, I literally was just thinking like, I don't even know if I'm going to ever play soccer at a high level again, but I think I was allowed to feel bad for myself for like a day. And then it's like, what's the point? What's the point of feeling sorry for yourself? What's the point of, of crying and feeling awful? Because that's not going to help you get back on the field any faster. That's not going to help you to um, make the team. So it's about changing that mindset and just kind of allowing yourself like a day or two to feel bad. And, and then after that, it's like changing your mindset to the positive and trying to see um, how far you can push yourself. Right. That's awesome. Well, you did it. I did it. That's right. Crazy. Uh, yeah. So you always have that. So I guess what's next for Heather Metz in closing? You said, uh, you know, always identifying who you want to be. So you're kind of entering into a new stage of your life or a new chapter. So what what is it that you've identified in terms of who you want to be over the course of the next decade? Well, obviously, um, I the most important thing for me is just to be in the moment and be the best mom I can possibly be on a daily basis, you know, and I think that's my first priority. Um, and then when my kids are at school or they're taking naps, which they all are right now, then I can focus on what's going to allow me to continue to feel successful and to grow and to be able to share my life experiences with others. And so right now that's, um, providing this, this strength and conditioning program. And then also, uh, having the opportunity to coach, um, if you go to the gold medal mindset, Heather Mitts, GMM, um, gold medal mindset, uh, I, I do coaching on a daily basis, um, with obviously athletes as they're having to overcome adversity. Um, and then just my speaking. So, and obviously having the opportunity to talk to you, Brian. So uh, thanks so much for allowing me to come on your podcast. No, it's a lot of fun. And um, it's good. It's to nice reconnect. to be re- reunited uh, after all these years. Um, I'm glad we had a good time. And okay, it's yeah, obviously yeah. wonderful to be like able to to check in with you again after all these years and how hear how successful you've been and everything that's going on with you and allowing me to share as well. So thank you. Yeah. Well, it's like you said, it's still a process. Um, super grateful.